to talk tennis tea happy new year i know it's been a while since i have released an episode well we are back in the new year kicking it off with a review of the atp cup and a look inside to the australian open and what's already been happening as we all know this atp cup is a new invention competing with the davis cup and it was pretty interesting i've got a few points to share with you guys so hopefully you've got your cuppers ready and we can sit down and enjoy this review i guess and just talk about everything that's happened in the past few weeks leading up to of course the first grand slam of the year the australian open so grab your cuppers and get ready for some tea so let's begin as we all know the format was group stages and then they go to the final eight in the quarterfinals down to the final four semifinals and then the last two countries play it out in the finals that was all cool i was all cool with that however the fact that they separated them out into three different cities some teams in perth the other teams in brisbane and some teams in sydney I found that a bit weird. Obviously, those three cities have three different time zones. So I found that was a little bit tricky on the players. As a viewer myself, that was the difficult thing to watch because we would start with the Sydney games. Brisbane would follow after maybe an hour and a half and then Perth would start maybe two hours later. So by the time Perth had the interesting matches, I was ready for bed because it would be like past midnight, but Sydney had already finished, Brisbane would be finishing up and all that. So that was a bit tricky. And then when it got to the later stages and we saw this, especially with Team Spain and Team Russia who were in Perth, where they had a difficult, they had the three hour time zones, the conditions were tougher because in Perth it's a lot warmer and the court was playing a lot differently than the courts here in Sydney and Brisbane, it was a bit tough on them and we definitely saw Nadal struggling, struggling to win his last few matches and even Medvedev and Kachanov struggling as well to succeed in those matches. So it was a bit harder on the teams, especially moving around. I think the teams that were in Brisbane and Sydney especially, they were a bit luckier. The stadiums were a bit similar, so it wasn't too much of a change. Obviously the heat was the biggest issue coming from those different places, but yeah, it was just hard on everyone, to be honest. There were also, with this tournament, very new inventions. New inventions like the video reviews, the team strategy rooms, the teams being up close and personal, being there, you can review live plays, coach, on-court coaching, which is something that has been tested in I think, I'm not quite sure about this, the juniors, but also the women's double TA tour as well. So it's a bit different and it was interesting to watch as a player. I liked the video reviews. Most of them were done for foot faults, which was something that I saw a lot of and was called up a lot in this tournament. Players were doing it and it was something that it was very interesting because Usually they don't call foot faults because it's just a given, but they were calling a lot of them. So I thought that was interesting. Some balls that were being over hit before they even crossed the net in double. So there were a lot of interesting reviews. I thought that was very good. However, suggestion probably is you don't need three each set. 
unless you're using them constantly or you're a problematic person or you're constantly foot faulting, then you may need three each set. But however, I think one a set perfectly fine. It's not like a challenge where you probably need more and you need more as you go. Because not everyone was using them. Not every team was using them. And I found that was different. It just depended on the player. It just depended on the, you know, the situation that was going on, which was very interesting. Next thing about it is the crowd was so engaged. The crowd, since it was countries, this cup, I think what made it so good and why it competed with the Davis Cup was because of the fact that it was a country cup. People were playing for their countries. It was the number one seed and maybe the second seed of that country playing for the country's glory, basically playing to defend their country. And the crowd got so internet. At every three locations, there was multiple crowds. I went on, I went to the last semi-final game against Belgium and Spain. And I also went to the semi-final Serbia versus Russia. That was, they were so good. The Spanish fans were involved. The Serbian fans were out in full force. It was such a good day and the crowd makes it so much better. However, in the stadium, I couldn't hear a thing. When I was watching at home, it was slightly better but I think in Sydney especially where they played the final eight matches or the final eight ties the stadium needed to be better equipped because I heard nothing nothing actually like there was you couldn't hear anything because one the crowd was so loud and the microphones just weren't doing enough and I know the umpire was talking and you could hear them clear like you could hear them and you can see their lips moving but you just it just wasn't reaching to the top stats, especially when you buy those cheap, cheap tickets and you really want to support and you're really engaged. You don't hear anything because all you're hearing is the fans. That's all you hear. People with trumpets, vuzelas, that's it. Like you don't hear much of the actual out or this person's challenging because of this reason, because of the fact that the crowd is so loud but I did love it like being in the stadium and being at home two different experiences and I do recommend if they still keep this tournament going definitely buy your tickets it's so worth it and if they move it around to other countries it would it's a really good tournament and it got everyone engaged I think it's such a good way like the reason why I loved it is it's such a good way to see top players for cheap you don't have to go to a grand slam you don't have to go to a masters 1000 you just go to this tournament it's like being at the davis cup you see number one players like we saw the world number one the world number two next gen players who i didn't think i would ever see so it's such a good thing on the crowd though some of the players like medvedev and Shapovalov and Nadal obviously complained. Medvedev was probably one of the better ones. He played against Serbia. Obviously, the Serbian fans, we all know they're very loud. They come in full force. Everyone's chanting, everyone's singing. There were people with drums and trumpets. I kid you not, guys. People had drums and trumpets. Like, it was like we were at a concert. I don't know what was happening. I loved it. However, I felt bad for Team Russia because they didn't have the same support. Like, they was maybe one or two Russian flags that I saw in the stadium in a sea of Serbian color like a sea of Serbian supporting flags so it was tough on them but Medvedev I thought he handled himself very well he just served as soon the he wouldn't wait the crowd was talking the crowd would be chanting he would just serve and then everyone would be dead silent 
because he'd silenced them. He'd silenced them with their games, and that's what he did. And he gave Djokovic a tough run for his money. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like Medvedev, but I have to say he handled himself very well. And then there was also Serbia and Canada, and then Spain and Serbia in the final, which was tough because Nadal and Shapo were not handling they didn't handle the Serbian fans as well. And I do have to say that Canada-Serbia match, that was disrespectful. And the way that the umpire handled it was so well. If you don't want to watch tennis, go home. Like, we don't need you here. You don't want it. Someone else can take that spot. So it was great. I think the one thing that I loved about the way that the tournament people set it up is if you had a day ticket, to go to watch one of the day ties. You could stay on the grounds and be, they had like the, what they have at the Australian Open, basically the big TV with seats, sun chairs, and you could sit there and watch the night matches. No one would bother you. You still have like, you're not in the stadium because people who have tickets in the stadium are the people who have the night match tickets, but you could still watch. And I think that was the great thing. So it still created that atmosphere around. And I'm assuming when they still had the, different they had lots more countries and groups and stuff the outside of the tournaments and on the ground it was a lot more entertaining players would be training and all that kind of stuff whereas as you get later into the tournament at Sydney we'd I didn't see a lot of that stuff if you missed one of the trainings you missed it for the whole day because not a lot of the players would go out and train and there were specific spots there was one spot it was like the grass spot where you could go and look over to the restricted players court so you could see players training you could see up into the lounges and as you know as a tennis fan that's where I was I was watching seeing how I could find and you know you do spot them but it's not like they're going to be coming out in the masses at all times so that was I think that's the tricky thing and that was as a crowd I got bored for some of the matches like I'm not a big doubles fan I know I talk about how we should engage people in the game, but doubles just isn't my thing. So I thought the grounds were a bit lacking on that front. Now, if we go into the matches, the big thing, Denis Shapovalov for the next gen, one against Zverev and Tsitsipas. Like what an amazing win. How good was that? He did so well. And then it was just very, yeah. Sasha's very, he had a tough time. Let's not lie. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. The day team, I can't even remember who Sasha was playing. Alexander's very was playing that day. Or who Team Germany was versing. Because I, all I remember is Sasha's dad crying the whole of team germany just looking away boris couldn't even do anything he was not even looking at sasha as sasha was smashing rackets there was nothing sasha could do nothing and i don't know whether he wasn't prepared not not that he wasn't prepared for the match i'm not calling him out on that i don't know that we don't know that but that image of team germany just sasha's dad crying on the back bench in brisbane Boris looking the complete other way. I just, it was honestly shocking. I had no, I had no idea what to say. And I was watching at home. This was when they were still in Brisbane. And I was just like, if Team Germany makes it, 
it will be a miracle. Because Sasha was the number one seed who was playing and he didn't win any matches that whole time. So it's interesting and as we know the Australian Open has started and he's done well. He's won a match, he's playing in his third round as I record so we'll see what happens but it's gonna be tough because I don't know if he can pull it together if he can actually win we don't know maybe it's not his year for a grand slam maybe it is we'll see we'll find out but his performance at the ATP Cup was very concerning everyone's concerned and it was kind of that talk about do you it's in it's not embarrassing it's something that you don't want to see especially as one of your favorite players on the tour and it's something like you are seeing someone unraveling like this mental state of this person is not okay and you as a fan can't do anything if their team can't do anything and they're all looking away nothing what can we do as fans you know so it was very heartbreaking especially for i know all my very fans all my team germany girls and boys they were all upset and distraught because they were like if this is Sasha's state now, what happens when he starts the Grand Slam? What happens in two weeks' time when he goes to Melbourne? What happens? So, he's put it together. We've got a round one win. Round two is happening. Let's see how he goes. Let's fingers crossed. Let's see if he'll make it through. But yeah, it's just not looking good for him. Obviously, the end of last year, he did struggle. And even throughout the year, he struggled a bit. But it's been tough. Now... Let's move on to the home team, Team Australia. Team Australia had an undefeated streak in the group stages. You know, that is the most shocking thing. And I think the best thing about it was Kyrgios was on point, Alex Dimino was on point, John Millman was on point. I have never, like, it was so good to see these three guys playing. And I... As a team, I think the best team environment and the best team atmosphere was Team Australia. I just loved their whole vibe. Second would be Team Spain, but Team Australia really did well. They killed it. Kyrgios was on point. He was calm and collective. He was doing his thing, but he was on probation. So I guess that was the point. But he also, he started off the season tough. His home state of Canberra was affected by the fires and is affected by the fires still going so he was playing he wasn't just playing for he was playing for australia let's be real he was playing for australia his own state he was playing for something bigger than himself and that's what he's been saying for the past few weeks and even going into the australian open he even said it in his first round match at australian open this past week he is playing for something bigger than himself why be upset on the court when there's other things happening in the world why be upset on the court when you're just living your best life like some people don't even have that privilege so i'm happy i am so impressed by him he's being an absolute great guy and for him to organize the whole rally for relief thing top notch like we just have to have a minute just to properly process this and i know for a fact there are people who are like oh that doesn't mean anything oh that's nothing he's just putting it on for show it's just a pr stunt just so he can get a coach no 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 he's a genuinely great kind compassionate human being yes he may have some issues but he's a good guy and i just have to leave it at that nothing more 
Now, the if we're talking about good matches, we got to talk about Australia versus Great Britain. That doubles match, Demon all coming back, oh, just great. And then the Spain versus Belgium doubles. I think, as I was saying before, I'm not a big fan of doubles, but I thought the way, the ability, I think the best thing about the doubles was the way that the coaches and the captains could change up the teams. I thought that was really good. And not saying anything to David Gooch and John Pierce for Australia. Obviously, we know you were good. You had They had won all their doubles matches leading up to that quarterfinal. But obviously, on the day of the quarterfinals, you needed the big guns because it was a 1v1 tie. It was one all. Even with Spain and Belgium, it was one all. So they brought the big gun. But, oh, you know, those, those matches really make it up. And I think that was the best thing about it. And I don't usually watch doubles, but I have to say those two were really good. Those matches were really good. And even some of them bit some of the singles matches. In terms of singles matches, my all-time favorite for the entire the entire tournament, Tsitsipas, no, sorry, not Tsitsipas, that was not a good match. Tsitsipas versus Kyrgios, that was a good match. Three set tie breaks, three tie breaks, three sets. Kyrgios coming out with a win for Team Australia. It was good. It was really, really good, and I was impressed by the both of them. I know they are good friends, and I was just thoroughly impressed. It was such a good match to watch. I think this tournament, the reason why the doubles, back to the doubles. The reason why the doubles was more interesting, I found, was one, because you could change the teams up, as we said, but also the fact that I think the doubles made a big difference. If you, if it was a one-all tie, the doubles decided everything. But also, I feel like it got more people to watch the doubles than usual. And even I know some people that just watched the doubles. They weren't here for the singles matches and the ties. They just came for the doubles because they got to see their favorites. And that was cool too. And I was like, yes, do your thing. Enjoy your time. You know, this is the first time. And it's like in Davis Cup, the doubles is like a dead rubber. Whereas here it was more important because they only played three matches. It wasn't a five or six rubber kind of tournament. However, I do have to say when the matches were two, or when the ties were two zero, two love, we didn't need to see the doubles. Like I didn't need to stay for the doubles. We could have cleared out the stadium, something else could have happened. But then I guess if you've paid your money, you want to see three matches, you're going to get three matches. And I guess that's why the promoters did it. But some being going to the stadium and watching when it was Serbia versus Russia, we watched, I can't even remember their names because I, I just didn't care and I wasn't gonna stay. Like I watched maybe half a set and then I left because it's doubles, like it didn't matter. It wasn't important. They'd already, Serbia had already won the tie. They were going through to the finals. You know, that didn't matter as much as it would. So I think it was, it was a bit tough. It was definitely tough, but obviously as the promoters, these people have come here to play. So they would play. And that was the other thing about the doubles is 
I guess we'll get on to it later on when we talk about the winners. Congratulations to Serbia, of course. You did win. But, yeah, we'll talk about it later on when we talk about Team Serbia and all their debacles. So... I think if I'm going to praise anything about this tournament, it has to be the fact that it showcased a lot of challenger players and showed from the lesser countries. I'm talking about Greece, I'm talking about Bulgaria, South Africa, Japan, Belgium, Chile. Those countries that don't have people, as many people in the top 100, top 20, top 50, top 70, whatever. Those are the people, maybe not top 70, like from the rankings of 70 to like a thousand, let's say, those are some of the people who are playing in these tournaments. And in Team Bulgaria, I know for a fact, I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but he won matches against some of these top players who were in the top 30, top 50. So I have to just shout out to them because as I've told you guys before, these challenger boys aren't playing with us anymore. They're coming for your necks. They are coming. And they were so good. And those matches was the best, the most entertaining matches, I would say. I unfortunately, and I blame myself for this because I wanted to watch Team Bulgaria and Team Greece. But it was one of those things like Team Bulgaria would play early in the morning in Brisbane for that matter. So when I when they were playing, I'd be doing something completely else because of the time zones. Do you guys get what I'm saying about the time zones? The time zones were really a problem. But Team Bulgaria did really well. All I saw of them was on Twitter and on the gram. They did really well. Gregor Dimitrov, insanely well. He was killing it out there. And then, yeah, so I have to give big ups to them because it showcased all these players and they did really well. The other thing is, it helped players. Like, playing at high intensity levels against the best of the best is a good practice for Melbourne. However, and we have to, but obviously, it puts a lot of stress and strain on the players before a big Grand Slam like this. Because there's a difference between playing for yourself and playing for your country. When you're playing for your country, your body is on the line. Alex Demonor came back from one set and he played two, three hours every time. He'd been on the match for maybe nearly 23 hours and he'd play in unbelievable matches, full on speed from level zero to a hundred and within minutes of just starting this game. So it wasn't just him playing for himself. He was playing for a whole nation, being the number one of a country as well. There's like a whole other standard you have to be at. You have to lead this team. You were there to support the team. So that was, I think that was one of the big pressures and one of the big stresses on him as well as his injury. Luckily, they could call up John Millman, who was there as a backup. Jordan Thompson was sadly in Doha. He was competing over there, so he couldn't come in and sub in. But, you know, they had some good players. And I would say that would be the same for Nadal. He was leading the team and he played so well in Perth that when it came to the final stages, it was a bit tough. He was tired. He was overrun, just like Alex. So I am interested to see how some of these players go. Obviously, everyone has thrived except for Alex because he's not in the Australian Open. And we know as I... 
like I said before, the Australian Open has started. Most of these players are still in. A few of them are out. But some of them, like I watched Dusan Lajovic play Mark Polman of Australia yesterday. And Dusan Lajovic was on Team Serbia. And he won some of his matches against top players as well. And he just speed through Mark Polman's as if he was just a speed bump on the road. So he obviously has gained confidence from playing some of these top players at Touch Tournament, but for others, it wasn't quite the same. Now, it wouldn't be a review podcast if there was some criticism. And boy, do I have some criticism. And there was drama too. There's always drama when you have the ATP, and I don't know what it is with them, but they do. My first thing is, why do we have another country cup when we have the Davis Cup? The Davis Cup was just revamped, and that is a whole nother problem on its own. Like, the problems of the Davis Cup, oh, it's just too much to talk, like, it's too much to talk about. I didn't even watch the Davis Cup. That tells you how bad it was. All I saw was people staying up till 3 a.m. And that's where I'm leaving it. Like, I think the Davis Cup, to be honest with you, after one, attending the ATP Cup and thoroughly following it, I can tell you the Davis Cup has lost its job. The Davis Cup, I give it another year and a bit. It's going to be completely, they're revamping it. I think they'll change it or they'll replace it with the ATP Cup because it makes more sense to have the ATP Cup. You just do it once a year and everything's fine. Do I think they could change it up a little bit? Yes. Do I think you could get more countries involved? Yes, I think it could be a lot better. But for now, they don't need both. And that's the truth. You just need to combine one. You just need one. And I think the way that the ATP Cup did it got more people involved. I was more entertained and it was at a reasonable time. That's all I'm saying. Problem number two, when you're going to split the groups up, three different cities, you also have to be considerate to the neighbors. The women are always clashing with something. And in this case, it was the Women's Brisbane International, where the women were playing, but they had to play on the outside courts. They had to play on the outside courts, they didn't have enough practice time, and then the men, not naming any names, Captain Leighton Hewitt was saying that the men didn't have enough practice courts. That's your problem. If you didn't book practice courts, then what are we supposed to do? They have to play too. They need to make a living too. And I don't think it's fair that the women were pushed aside for that reason. Obviously, when the men left Brisbane and they moved towards Sydney or moved to Melbourne, wherever they were going, then the women had the play of the centre courts on centre court. But I don't think that was fair at all. I think some of the ties could be played outside. They could have shared. They could have made it a little bit more better. I think that was the only thing. And also the fact that the women aren't included. Obviously they have their Fed Cup, which I don't think, I don't know if it's changed or not like the Davis Cup has, but they've got Fed Cup, which is good and was well. They used to have Holtman Cup, which was like a mixed tournament, which I thought was really good and I enjoyed that format. But I think what actually needs to happen is if the ATP Cup is going to go ahead, they could merge it with something else and get back the feel of the Hotman Cup because 
you could get the best of both. You could see male players and women players from these countries, and you could, like, if you had a tennis bucket list, your tennis bucket list would be over from going to one tournament. Let's be real, wouldn't that be great? You wouldn't have to pay lots of money to go to different Grand Slams, pay, oh, I'm going to get my Brisbane ticket, oh, I'm going to get my Hopman Cup. Like, no, you don't have to do that anymore. You just go one place, see everybody, and that's it. Wouldn't that be so much easier? Next point of issue on-court dramas now this tournament i saw a lot of backlash because the men at the atp cup i don't know what it was because it was all men or because of the fact that they just thought they could do whatever and the rules didn't apply but there was so much drama there's no time to like go into everything in depth but just racket smashing and unnecessary violence i would say said to pass obviously if you guys follow me on social media you would have seen my post my rants about the whole to pass apostolos situation the whole to pass family drama that happened when team greece played australia Obviously, we're not going to go into it here. I've already said my piece. Everyone said their piece. Stephanos has probably moved on. But he, he was just one drama. And then there was Sasha Zverev, Djokovic, Kachanov, Kyrgios. Kyrgios is really good. He didn't break as many as I would think. He just broke one, and that was in his semi-final match. So he did pretty well. I guess it's the fact of the probation. I hope it doesn't come to bite him in the butt because he did break something. But, you know, it was better than some of the other people. But I did see a lot of backlash because people, because a lot of people were seeing how the men were acting at this tournament and they were saying that it wasn't acceptable. And I am completely on board with that. Some of the dramas that were happening and I'm like, are you all serious? Are you professional top level tennis players? Like seriously, because these dramas were unbelievable and it was just not a good look for some of these guys. And some of these guys were just wondering, how are you not on probation too? But all in all, it made for interesting TV and I guess that's why they did it, I would say. But yeah, it was good. Also, congratulations to Team Serbia, even though you did have some dodgy celebrations not gonna lie about those singing videos that i saw on the gram but you know to each their own to each their own and you know what if the atp does come back i was skeptical i was skeptical but now i am not i am a full-on supporter of this tournament if they make the correct adjustments if they can if they can make the correct adjustments i will be a full-on supporter you will see me selling tickets like that's how involved i will be Maybe even I'll, maybe, we don't know, maybe even I'll try to get a press pass or something like that. I don't know, we'll see what the future holds for us. But that was my review, I enjoyed myself, it was such a great two days that I did go. I think it was good, great atmosphere, great teams, great high level of tennis. And yeah, definitely recommend if you missed out, obviously you missed out, but next year make sure you get your tickets. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully you enjoyed your cup of tea as well. And I will catch you guys on the next one.